Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, so you know if you've been coming and if this is your first time, you don't, but we have been in a series called At The Movies. We designated this month to really target uh, the, the unchurched. We, we hope every Sunday, every, every time we meet that unchurched are coming or you bring people that don't know Jesus, never come alone or extend invitations, if you will. And so we want to encourage you uh, to make sure that before next week you find some people that aren't in church or maybe lost or however that would, you would determine that or talk to them about, uh, get them in church. And so we have been in a series that we've really uh, taken the time to look at, uh, we would call a modern day parable. Jesus taught in parables a lot. He taught in stories. He used the language of the day. He used the illustrations of the day to make his truths come alive, that people would grab those and understand those perhaps a bit more easy. And so we've kind of taken that same concept, and so we've been bringing some different uh, themes these last several weeks, using movies to help illustrate the language of the day, if you will, and applying spiritual or biblical truth to it to just make it come alive, make it more easily understood. So I hope that you've enjoyed it, but more than that, I hope you've experienced the love of Christ through that. In fact, can I just tell you the last two weeks we've had around 50 people give their heart to Christ in the last two Sundays. So, hey, keep inviting people. Amen. It makes a difference. So today, um, yeah, let me just, okay, real quick. So I'm doing today, obviously, next week, my brother, Pastor Jeff, who pastors our sister church in Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico, Audible de Vida, is going to be here, and he's going to bring the last installment of At The Movie. So you're going to enjoy that. <clears throat> and just so you know, it's not going to be a Spanish movie. And uh, so... If, some questions about that. So he speaks Spanish, I don't, but so he's going to come and bring a a great uh, at the movies message. So you want to be here for that for sure. And so today, really looking at today's message, what was impressed upon my heart was to look at the things that we're we're dealing with today um, as much as we can in a short time here, at least maybe even introduce something. Um, The movie today is the movie Woodlawn. And I I don't know how many of you've seen that movie. It's absolutely one of my favorites. But the movie Woodlawn deals with um, racism a bit. And so I felt in the time that we live in today, it would be good to look at a movie that kind of has that undertone through it. And the great thing about it is, even though it begins with division, if you will, which racism is, is division and prejudices, it really brings God into the picture and brings unity. And so really the understanding today that I want you to grab out of all this is whatever that is that divides us in life, the only answer is inviting God into the equation. God is a unifier, amen? Sin is a divider. And so we find ourselves in a world that, that seems like division is becoming more and more prevalent. I know it's always been there to some extent. I didn't grow up in that era per se. I, I see the things associated with it and the movies help us learn that. But I know in, even today in here, it, we see that. In my lifetime, it seems like there's more division than there's been in my lifetime. It just seems to be happening now. A um, couple observations from that for me. We know that God's a unifier. He's a uniter. And it seems like we're getting further and further away from God. Therefore, it just makes sense we'll see greater and greater division happen. And really, again, the only answer to bring unity is inviting God into our lives. And so I think this picture is a great illustration of that. It's set at a, a high school in Birmingham, Alabama in 1973, Woodlawn High School. And in fact, I was doing a little research around here in our area. And uh, in that same time frame, there was segregation here in our schools in New Braunfels. How many of you remember segregated schools in New Braunfels? Just raise your hand. Let me see. Look around. You can see that there's several hands up. Even here in New Braunfels in our area, you might not know that, but that was prevalent at least all through the South and, and Texas. And so we've come a long way, but can I say we have a long way to go? And so the only answer, of course, obviously, I believe, is bringing Christ in a greater capacity. What's interesting to me is when you see the change that happened back in the 50s and 60s and up into this time as this school is being 
being desegregated, the champions of the civil rights movements, interestingly enough, were pastors. And they were pastors, men and women that knew and loved God. Not only were they uh, instrumental in leading marches or protests, peaceful, peaceful protests, when they weren't marching or peacefully protesting, they were on their knees asking God to show up, asking God to be part of the equation. And really, that's the truth today. And whether it is something that's divisive like prejudice or racism, it could be something that maybe divides you in your marriage. What is dividing you in your marriage? What is dividing you in your home? What is dividing you in your relationships? What is it that it brings division in your life? And can I say the only answer is inviting Jesus into the situation, inviting God in. God was invited to be a part of this time, and I believe God needs to be invited in again. See, understand this. God loves everyone. Heaven is for everyone. John 3, 16 says, for whosoever, whosoever believes in him should have everlasting life. Uh, there's, there is no prejudice in heaven. In fact, I love Revelation 5.9. Revelation 5.9 basically says that Jesus' blood paid for people for God, to come to God from every tribe, every tongue, every language, every people, every nation. And it goes on to say, and, and to number in the tens of thousands upon tens of thousands, multiplied by tens of thousands. So heaven is a place of unity. Heaven is a place of diversity. The truth is nothing in your life really truly can change until God is invited to show up. The things that divide us, whether it be as humans, whether it be race or prejudice, or things that divide us in our own individual personal lives, need God in the middle of them. Unfortunately, most people or most, most of us, we try and deal with them in our own strength, our own abilities, our own knowledge, and even to the point where we think our frustration or anger can be justified but let's take a look at happens, what happens before God's invited into the picture. see it in your faces. You're angry because of what's happened to this school. You've been berated or beaten or shot at. So have I. None of us chose this. It was forced on us. But we can choose together what we will do with it. So if it is anger, that unites us, then let's use that anger to win, boys! Because winning fixes just about everything, doesn't it? Are there any questions? I didn't think so. Let's go do it.
not here, Jerry. Hey, it's okay, Cupcake. That was just Superman flying over your head. It's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> Watch your mouth, boy. Hey, 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 hey. hey. That's enough suicide. Everybody, thanks to you two. Let's go. Look at the man beside you. This is what happens when you fight against each other instead of fight to be a team. Shower and we're done, Superman. Come in. Hey, Coach. I'm Hank. Look, I know you're a busy man, so I'll get right to the point. I'd like to have a meeting with your football team. About what? Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. What are you, some kind of preacher or something? No. No, not a preacher. I'm a sports chaplain, actually. I just want to talk to him. Well, I'm sorry, Hank, but... You can. You know this is a public school? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Look, I've seen some things all over the country. I've seen amazing things. Well, you're not going to see them either. I think your players could use it. I think you could too. Listen, Hank. If my team needs something, I will tell you. kids getting bused to a place every day they don't want to be. 2,500 kids don't want them here. What did you think was going to happen? Who do you think you are? If there is one more incident, you're done. Both of you. Y'all have a nice day. Thank you, Gene. You too. You know, what stands out to me is how resistant that they become to change. And everybody obviously sick of the way it is, and isn't that life for us? We, get, we, we, we find ourselves with division, with strife in the middle of our lives, and, but yet where's the point that we get sick of it, that we're willing to do something about it? We, we work in our own strength and ability, which always falls short when there's only one answer, but yet we seem to try and find or pursue other things or everything else without going to the one who can unite us. See, God's trying to reach out, and then we run from him instead of run to him. John 10, 10, in fact, gives us a difference. It says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but... God sent Jesus to give life, and not just life, but abundant life. And we all know we need to change, and isn't that the truth? We all know we need to change, and we know there's a better way, that God has a better plan, or there's a better plan out there. And it's crazy how we stay in the condition we're in knowing there's a better life. We even know that God's trying to get our attention. He's always working, always pursuing to find ways to connect with you, to to talk with you, to meet with you, and we still resist taking steps to meet him, to connect with him. I don't ask the question, what, what is it going to take? How bad does it have to get before we say enough is enough? And not, I'm not just saying in our country, let's bring it down personally, obviously, division in every area of our life, whether it be in our marriage, our families, whatever that looks like. When do we get sick of the things that divide us? What about those things that divide us 
that God wants to unite in every area that we continue to allow to happen. What about the rejection, the things that we face, the opposition to our life and the other areas of our life? And maybe you're discouraged because of where you're at in life. Maybe that you find yourself at this place of a sense of lost identity, of who you are or who God's created to be. And you have a picture now because of division of what's not even accurate. Because what'll divide us is the the idea, the thought of you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough or you're not qualified enough and you can't do it. No one's gonna listen to you. Your marriage will never work. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get better. Your kids will always be that way. The thoughts and the prevailing thought that we take on this false identity because we eventually, if we're not willing to do something about it, we buy into the division and think that is the course of life and that's not what God intends. God always has something better. Isn't it about time to give God a chance to do something in our life? Don't we get tired of hearing wrong color, wrong age, wrong gender, wrong income, wrong side of the tracks, wrong education, wrong relation? We get tired of hearing that instead of looking to what God intended. It's about time to give God a chance to do something in our life because it doesn't have to be this way. Let's take a look at another clip. Hey, coach. Can I talk to the team now? Look, I don't have time to deal with this right now. Dandy, let's go. Coach. Dandy, now. This is what I do. I help people. Dandy. You know what? You have five minutes. After training in the gym, you talk to Stearns, you better be good. Now. Can I get an introduction? No. Guys, hey, hey, settle down. We have a motivational speaker here. If you guys don't mind. Hey, guys. I got it. Good luck. Hey, everybody. My name's Hank. Hey, Hank. Nobody asked me to come here today. I look at what happened this afternoon, and I think, aren't you sick of it? I mean, I'm sick of it. I'm not even from here. But does this kind of thing happen so much that it just feels normal? I mean, you don't know me. You've never seen me before. But what would you say if I told you that 100% without fail, it doesn't have to be this way? I care about your pain. So does God. Jerry. What's going on? He said five minutes. He's been here for an hour. We need to wrap this up. Hold on, man. In your place. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but just give the guy a chance. We ain't got nothing else to lose. You don't know me, but I'm asking you anyway to stand up right now, right here, and make a decision. A decision to change, to forgive, to be forgiven. No matter what you've done, how much God loves you. I'm asking you to choose Jesus. Can you do that? Will you do that? With me, right now.
much has happened. love about that moment when Hank is addressing the team, the things that he was saying, I hope you caught the emotion of it all, aren't you sick of it? Things can change. He said, they say, I 100% guarantee you that things can be better. They don't have to be this way. And he made a comment. He said, is this normal? And when do we get that place in life where the division in our life or the things that divide us in our personal lives or marriages or whatever, when does that because become normal? Have we put up with it so much that it's just kind of the, we think the way it is, but can I tell you, God has a better way. And I 100% guarantee you that there is a better way, God's way, but you have to make a decision to change. The decision's yours. And he said this, can you do that? Will you do that? Are you willing to? Willing to what? Willing to choose Jesus. Look at what Acts 4 says, Acts 4, 12, the message. Salvation comes no other way. No other name has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved. Only this one. Choose Jesus. It's the only way to a better life. It's the only way out of those places of division allowing God to come and bring restoration. Revelation 3.20, New Living Translation says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. We will do life together. You don't have to do life alone any longer. As Jesus stands at the door of our heart and knocks, more than 40 players, black and white, responded, made a decision to change, didn't want that to be normal for life anymore. They gave their life to Christ. And then affected not just that team, as you'll see, it affected the coach, it affected that team, and then it spilled over to other teams and into the community, the school, and changed the entire community. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, 15 through 17, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they'll live for Christ who died and was raised for them. 
So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old can be passed away and the new life can begin. Amen. That's the promise of the Father. Inviting God into your situation. And I love how it talks about we don't have to evaluate things through human ways any longer. God has a higher way. Man's way doesn't work. It hasn't worked. That's why Jesus had to come. Galatians 3, 28 through 29 says this. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slaves and free, male and female. Among us, you are all equal. We are all in common relationship with Jesus. Also, since you are Christ's family, then you're Abraham's famous descendant, heirs according to the covenant promises. Amen. Good news. We all can be part of his family. We all can be heirs to the covenant promise of God. See, they didn't win that game, as you heard. They didn't win that game, but it was the first step in winning the game that matters. And that's our spiritual life. Winning with our spiritual life. Our spiritual life matters most because we're spirit beings. Whether you realize it or not, we are all spirit beings made in the image of God and we're all on a spiritual journey. So it really doesn't matter if you believe in God or not, you will always search for something spiritual. Isn't that true? We see that today. All the things in movies and things that are made, we live in a very spiritual searching world. Whether they know God or not, they're looking for things and we have the answer and it is God. But there's always a search happening for something spiritual, something eternal. Ecclesiastes 3 says that God has set eternity in the human hearts. He put that search or that desire to search for something spiritual in each and every one of us. And because of that, nothing in our life will change until we change spiritually. And now I know what you're thinking, and that sounds easy, and it does sound easy in a sense, but can I tell you, there is opposition. There's pushback to that. Because all of hell does not want you to change. All of hell wants you to live in division, wants you to live in that strife and not achieve what God has for you. He doesn't want you to walk in unity. He doesn't want you to walk in victory. So there is opposition. First Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Be aware. You have an enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. He's looking to distract. He's looking to divide. He's looking to discourage you. He wants to keep you from fulfilling and being what God has for you. Let's take a look at this next clip. Welcome everybody to Woodlawn High School, one of the most heated rivalries in the state of Alabama, dating back over four decades. It's no secret that the animosity exists between Banks and the Cinderella season for Woodlawn, but they have to win here tonight or that fairy tale is over. Take a knee. Yeah. Our Father. Jesus can't save you now, folks. Are you ready to be banks? Yes, sir. Are you ready to be banks? Yes, sir. One, two, three.
out there and you shut them up. Come on. Get it done. Come on. Power C waggle left on one. All one. Ready? Break. One, two, two. say that I am proud of all of you for the game that you played tonight and the man that you have become this season. great question. Do you know what's more important than football games? Now, can I tell you in the state of Texas, asking that question this time of year, I'm not sure the answer you're going to get. But there's something more important, especially to God, and that is you. And that is me. That is people. You know, the problem is most of us don't think so. We don't think God could love us that way or think that way about us because of what we've done or because of our past. How could God love us like that? Let me read for you Psalms 139. 1 through 18. Just want you to listen. How could God love us this way? Listen to what, how God thinks and feels about you. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand, a blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. 
Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. God loves us. You know what's more important to God than anything else? That's you. The problem is, again, our struggle, our challenge, I don't think that we think that at times. Most think that God is hard to please. Most think that God is distant or uninterested or he only helps good people or certain people. But the truth is, no one loves you the way God loves you. And he knows everything about you. And he loves you still. He still wants to be with you. Look what Romans 8 says, 35, 35, starting there. It says this, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? No. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we're in trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that, neither, that nothing can either separate us, ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. That's how much God loves you. You are important to him, and it's all revealed in Christ's love. And Christ did something no one ever has done or ever would or could, and that's he died so you wouldn't have to. He paid for our sins. Romans 5, 8 says it this way. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he have to die? Because sin had to be paid for. And all of us have sinned. The good news is you don't have to pay for it. Jesus already did. That's real love. God gave his son to die for your sins. That's real love. Our prayer today is that you would understand and experience the love of God and realize that Jesus died for you. See, no other religion can make that claim. For no other religion even offers you what's really needed, and that's payment for sin. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I am the truth and the life. No one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is only through him. There is one hope, one truth, and one way. Let's take a look at this next clip. Father, who 
art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Geographic reporter who was coming through he even wrote about it, and he said it was undeniably spiritual, supernatural, even. It was life changing for me. So, so what did you win? 
No, we did not. Look, I'll have these policies ready for you first thing in the morning. So what's the answer? Do you believe in miracles? Yes, I do. I am one. Awesome. What a, really, what a question for us today. Do you believe in miracles? Because God is a God of miracles. And when you invite him in, he can come and do a miracle in your life, not just for your eternity, but for your now. And it's interesting to me, when God's invited in, he never turns down an invitation and he does what he can do. All around you are miracles today. I'm a miracle. People in the seats around about you are miracles. I remember my family, the miracle that happened to my family, my dad, years ago, my dad was a, a Vietnam vet. He spent two tours in Vietnam, combat tours. He received purple hearts for wounds in combat. And he made a battlefield commitment to God. He said, if you bring me home safe, I'll serve you all the days of my life. And fortunately, he made it home. And sadly, so many didn't. But he didn't, he didn't follow that promise for a while until one day, because of life and life and division in his life and struggles with drugs and, and alcohol and anger and guilt, he decided to invite God into his life again. God changed his life forever. A miracle was done, and now you see the result. My dad was the founding pastor of this church. 1981, and here we are 36 and a half years later. This church is a miracle. The lives that come here receive miracles. <clears throat> what this church is able to do is miraculous to help people, to reach out to people, to help their lives, their broken lives, and help them find a God, <clears throat> excuse me, that can restore them, can heal them. This church is a miracle. If you look around in context of this message today, if you look around, there's great diversity in this church and we celebrate the miraculous diversity of Tree of Life Church and God has brought races together, people together, amen. This church looks like heaven. It looks like heaven. It's a miracle today. Young and old and black and white and brown and different resourced and under-resourced. God is a God of miracles. Do I believe in miracles? I love that question. Do you believe in miracles? See, people need to know that in order for anything to change, it must first change spiritually. See, the lesson we need to remember today is that no matter what we face, God can do a miracle if he's invited in to be a part. Let's take a look at this last clip. In Alabama, in the Superdome in New Orleans, and this ABC Sports exclusive, Alabama. There he is. They call him Touchdown Tony Nathan. He's homegrown right in Birmingham. And he can break the long run almost anywhere and anytime. And here comes Alabama. Here is the offensive backfield for the Crimson Tide of Alabama. And off to Nathan. Championship. 
Tony. Did you see it? I would not have missed it for the world. I'm so proud of you. All right, Tony! Tony! What is it mean? I love you, Coach. I love you too, son. You were born to be a coach. One of the best I've ever had. Someone once told me we all have a purpose. Maybe it's time to start living years again. I gotta go. What Tony said to his coach, someone once told me that we all have a purpose. We all have a purpose. God's created each and every one of us with a purpose, a divine destiny. But he's created us in a way that it works when you invite them in to be a part of your life, not when you keep them out. And even the opposition of things that we face, the, the challenges, the roadblocks along the way, the division that comes, whether it be on a grander scale or whether it be in our, our marriage or our families, God can repair that, God can restore that, but he needs to be invited in to be a part of that. You know, at the beginning of the story, you see, it began with just a team, and then it spilled over into a school, and to, the stands were filled with people, and they were all one way, and how God can bring healing and restoration. God can bring the answers that are needed. God can bring the miracles. He's a miracle God, miracle-working God. And we all have a purpose and a destiny, and we're destined to have a great life to live. We're destined to have a wonderful marriage. We're destined to have a wonderful family. That's, that's God's plan, but he has to be a part of it. No matter where you feel you're at in life, whatever division might be in those places, those areas of our life, there is always hope, but he has to be invited in to be a part of it. See, God's purpose is greater than man's prejudice. God's purpose is greater than our struggles, than our division in every area of our life, but he needs to be invited in. We'll never discover it or fulfill it without inviting God to be a part of our life. We need to realize that for our life to change, it has to start with a change spiritually. And then our lives will change the lives of those around about us. God is a good and faithful God, and he so desperately wants to be invited into your life. What is that that might be divided in your life today? Maybe it's you feel like you've been divided or separated from your dream. That what he's put in your heart. Things have come in. Opposition, maybe it's people's words or things that they've said. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough to fulfill that sense impossible. Maybe there's division in, in your marriage. Maybe that you and your spouse have just found yourself drifted apart. You don't know how you'll ever come back together again. Maybe it's in your family and you're out of touch with your kids or, or maybe your friends or relationships or whatever that looks like. Can I tell you the answer is God and he desperately wants you to invite him in. And that's the only way that it will work. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.